0: Lakers lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers won Game Four. They have a stranglehold on this series. And good lord, I don't know how long this voice is gonna last. 104 to 101 is your final. Coming off of what, man? What an incredible game. Uh, it was an ugly game. It was a physical game. It was played in the mud. You have guys from both teams walking off of the court with scratches and bruises and all that stuff. That was a playoff game. That was an instant classic. Both teams knew just how desperately they needed that game. Both stars or all of the stars knew just how desperately they needed that game. And everybody showed up for the moment. And yeah, sure, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't one of those like 115 to 113 kind of games where... You know everybody's hitting all kinds of shots. No, this was I kind of remember. It reminded me a little bit of the um, of Game Seven against Boston uh, back in 2010, where neither team was really shooting the ball particularly well. Kobe was ice cold. Right, LeBron was ice cold from deep in this one, and and both teams uh, were just trying to do whatever they could to To get across that finish line just slightly ahead of the other, and in this case, it was the Lakers. In this case, it was you know Lonnie Walker stepping up and hitting giant shots and playing great defense. It was Austin Reeves hitting big shots. It was Anthony Davis continuing to play incredible uh, defense, and it was LeBron, um, you know, when he needed to picking his spots and getting to the basket and and igniting the Lakers' offense that way. Um, what what an incredible game! The kind of game that like this off season, I can't wait to just sit there and rewatch because, good lord, man, it was it, you felt exhausted after it. I don't know if you did. You probably hear my voice, um, but it was just it, it was an absolute battle, and everybody involved is is <laughs> just, just man, what a, what a night! Let's get to the particulars here. Uh, Steve Kerr started the game. With Gary Payton II in uh, Jermichael Green's place, this is a third straight starting lineup that Steve Kerr has thrown out there, which to me indicates that it is indeed the Lakers who are the better team. Um, yeah, the 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 3-1 uh, game score in on this one would also indicate as such too. But, you know, I, I think uh, Darvin Ham has a lot more confidence in his guys I think uh, his guys have a lot more confidence in Darvin Ham. Uh, Jordan Poole looks completely lost out there. Jonathan Kamingo still can't get into the uh, into the rotation. Uh, Kavon Looney has been a non-factor. Jermichael Green played two minutes, I believe. Missed two open threes, got pulled right out. Um, it's pretty clear in this one that Steve Kerr has four guys that he trusts, and that's it. And he's just trying to find a fifth guy who isn't going to mess everything up for him. And when you coach that way, and when your guys feel that they are being coached that way, uh, it's really difficult to, to try to find that fifth guy. Whereas you look at the Lakers, and and I think the one thing, and I've had my share of Darvin Ham criticisms over the course of the year, but the one thing that you can absolutely not criticize about Darvin Ham is the continued buy-in he has had, despite some very adverse situations here, whether on an individual level or or on a team-wide level, all of these guys still believe in each other and felt believed in. And you look at the moment there afterward where everybody is just like swarming Lonnie Walker uh, for staying ready and hitting his big shots and all of that stuff. Like that is a message that is being, you know, carried out from coach to leader, from leader to player. And uh, it was just a really cool moment to see there. And, you know we've had Austin Reeves play the way that he has in this in these playoffs. You've had D'Angelo Russell have a big game here and there. Obviously, Rui had a huge series last time. All of these role players are stepping up, and that doesn't really happen without belief. And you know something that that Frank Vogel was really good at too, and I think it's something that uh, Darvin Ham has been even better at is maintaining that buy-in, keeping the locker room, keeping everybody ready um, for their moment, whenever that moment might come. And tonight it was Lonnie Walker's moment and good God, did Lonnie Walker come through. Now I will happily wipe this egg from my face and eat this giant slice of crow, uh, for saying that Lonnie Walker can't be the Lakers only adjustment that they made back when they made it. Now, clearly he wasn't their only adjustment and that's kind of part of the problem with the tweet in the first place, but, Lonnie Walker was absolutely bananas last night. Uh, he was really good, obviously, in Game Three, but in Game Four, the Lakers I think needed him somehow even more because DeAngelo Russell was playing as poorly as he was, and the Lakers' offense was getting as stuck in the mud as it was. And he came through, hit giant shots, played great defense. Um, what what really you know I mentioned this to Raj after Game Three. Um, But what really gave me confidence that we would maybe see something more um, from Lonnie Walker after that game three performance, even while I'm like, man, you know, this is this is the path that they're going. But he's super he's super talented. He's a great kid. And um, and the thing that I noticed after game three was in some moments over the course of the season when he was trying to fight his way back into the rotation, he would try to shoot his way back into the rotation. But in game three, he really focused on the little things and, and, you know, took advantage of moments when they came and, and obviously got this next opportunity here last night and took full advantage of it. And again, did all of those little things that you absolutely needed him to do. And yeah, everybody's going to look at the 15 points and, and all of that stuff. And absolutely like, that was incredible. I think, uh, the ESPN tweeted out that that was the first time that a bench player had scored 15 points in the fourth quarter since Kobe did it 26 years ago last night, like to the day, uh, which is pretty bananas as well. Uh, but he was just, he was incredible. Hey, hit huge shot after huge shot, made great decision after great decision, played great defense um, on on in that fourth quarter as well. One advantage when you have, that kind of confidence level in that guy is like Lonnie Walker, easily the freshest guy in the series, and and he really showed it. And he's already a super athlete, and you combine that athleticism with the freshness that comes with not being in the rotation, and so long as he's ready for it, he's going to show out. And he, he was, and he has. So shouts to Lonnie, man. Friend of the show, Lonnie Walker. Fuck yeah, bud. Next guy I gotta you know give praise to and, and heap praise onto is Anthony Davis. Obviously, with the concern about the back-to-back offensive games stuff like that, um, I there you didn't know what kind of game you were gonna get from him here necessarily on the offensive side of the ball. But even when LeBron didn't really have it at the beginning of it, uh, I thought Anthony Davis kind of kept the Lakers' offense afloat. Um, and then obviously, like what he does defensively is just insane. Uh, the Warriors were putting him in uh, pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll, and you know to a certain extent Steve Kerr deserves criticism for going away from it in the second half after utilizing it as thoroughly as he did in the first. But uh, one shouts to Steve Kerr: keep whining about those uh, offensive fouls and all that stuff, and and spend your energy there. Don't 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 look in the mirror. By all means. But yeah, AD was, you know, all of the attention here should go to that final possession where it's him on Steph, Steph being the best offensive player of his generation, AD being, I think, quite arguably uh, the best defensive player of his. And in this case, usually in basketball, great offense beats great defense. But in this case, AD danced with him, kind of knocked the ball away. Adam frazzled. Steph winds up shooting, you know, like a 32 footer. Um, and and yeah, it was it was A D getting that. And that was after a game's worth, two games in a row now, where he played a lot more active role in the pick and roll defensively, was everywhere and, and absolutely dominated defensively. And, you know, it was really fitting that he not only did that, but then he goes out and he tips the ball, Steph fumbles it out of bounds, game over. I'm sorry. I got to spend some time on this Steve Kerr quote. Uh, I thought it was just that lame a, a thing to say after such a fun game, really. But uh, Steve Kerr, uh, here, here's quote. So I thought the fourth was about Walker, and it was about, I think, we had three or four illegal screens called, and that was disappointing. I didn't get a look at the replay on any of them, uh, but there were a couple that were very disappointing live. But the Lakers are a team that plays with a lot of gamesmanship, They understand how to generate some calls. They took some flops and were rewarded, but I'll have to see the replays. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe those were all illegal screens, but it didn't feel like it watching the game. Um, One, Steve, you challenged one of those illegal screens, went to the replay, and it was found out that it was not just a flop. (laughs) Um, But like claiming that the Lakers are the only team out there flopping when uh, on two separate occasions, every, you know, it, Steph isn't gonna flop on LeBron and LeBron uh you know because LeBron is 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 the star that LeBron is but uh Rui was trying to assume position Steph just falls over on that one offensive foul uh Jared Vanderbilt does a spin move um Steph falls over offensive foul um uh, th- this idea that like the Lakers are the only team who are flopping and doing all that kind of stuff. is is kind of asinine, one. And then two, Steve, I think here understands how important being able to set illegal screens has been to their dynasty over the over the entirety of it. And and yeah, like if they if they start calling that stuff, that really limits uh, what Draymond's impact uh, specifically is going to be offensively. And, and he kind of whined about it. But I think, like, the, the bigger kind of macro-level takeaway here for me is that game was special. That game was incredible. We got a triple-double, a 30-point triple-double from Steph. You had LeBron fight through adversity. You had ADB special defensively. You had that incredible Lonnie Walker moment afterward. I know St- Steve is is pissed because this team lost after it. But to, like, to to credit the defense that the Lakers played and just kind of wind it down and and... and Boil it down to just kind of gamesmanship and flopping. Come on, man. Do better. You sound, he, Steve Karen is, is what you really sound like. All right. Uh, next person here that I want to talk about here is LeBron. I, th- I, th- I thought it was a really interesting game here from him. His shot is still failing him. Uh, when he shoots those threes, I have zero confidence that they're going to be going through the hoop. Um, and, and I think he kind of does too. He's trying to shoot his way out of it. He still sees jumpers as the most efficient way, uh, to get a clean look for himself, but it clearly isn't working. And, and I think over the game, over the course of the game, he started to realize it and recognize it and really started putting his head down and tried getting to the basket. And I just think the Lakers are such a better team when he is that kind of engaged and. No, I don't anticipate that he's going to be able to do that for 48 minutes. No, I don't think that, you know, he's going to be able to do that in the majority of the Lakers games here moving forward because I just, I still don't think he's fully healthy. And I think Father Time is kind of catching up. But uh, when he did put his head down and when he did kind of provide the engine to the offense that the Lakers, I think, needed him to in that fourth quarter, remember, D'Angelo Russell wasn't playing. Um, yeah, Lonnie Walker had that special fourth quarter, and yes, Austin Reeves can be trusted with the basketball. But you do still need LeBron to be LeBron in some of those moments, and I thought he was. Um, and and look, like I, I thought he played one of his worst halves that he can in that first half. The Lakers were still somehow within you know a single shot, a, a single possession away after that first half from LeBron, and I thought he was just like outright bad to start the third, but. You know, credit to him, and and this is how it's going to go. He's that kind of smart, and maybe he was as bad as he was in the first half because he knew he had to save his legs for when the time, when the moment really called for him to have to get to the basket. Um, That's all math that he's always doing in his head at all times. But still, it looked ugly in the first half. Uh, But I again, like I have found, I have found these LeBron playoffs fascinating. Watching this guy kind of stare mortality in the face. And evolve to the moment and evolve with what his body is allowing him to do. Um, and watch him kind of think through the game in that way has been a real treat. And yeah, it's frustrating in times. First half again was hideous, but in in this one and and, and in most of these games that the Lakers have really needed him to, he has provided those moments. And it's funny, you're looking at it, you're like, Man, you know, kind of a frustrating LeBron game. I believe he finished with like twenty seven points. And you know, a handful of assists. Yeah. So LeBron's final numbers: twenty-seven points, nine boards, six assists, a block. You know, they, It's funny. Like you get frustrated with it, and and yeah, it's a bar that he set for himself. But but man, uh, I find this really interesting and fascinating to watch here firsthand. And uh, you know, if he's able, to <clears throat> excuse me, if he's able to get fully healthy. And this is, you know, something that we'll talk about here after the season. But uh, if he's able to get fully healthy and, and can make another run at it, I don't see why the Lakers can't be in this situation again next year. But also, like, no point in looking ahead to next year. You're up 3 1, so just take care of business. Win it while you're here, you know? You may as well. I also got to give credit to Darvin Ham, man. Uh, I again, like you can look at like the intangible stuff and keeping guys ready who needed to be ready and step up for that moment and and that indelible trust that he has in his players is clearly very uh contagious you know it is that that message of trust and belief and confidence um really seems to have made its way throughout the team again that moment you you, you just <laughs> I'm getting excited. I don't normally stutter. I, I picked up stuttering from my dad. I've worked on it. I'm, I'm normally not a stutterer, uh, but I, I'm i so stoked after that one. And and I'm thinking about that moment and the way that the guys responded to Lonnie Walker specifically really stands out to me. You know, They all know how hard he has worked to put himself in the spot, how much it means to him to be able to step up, and how much it means to everybody collectively that they are taking advantage of this opportunity. That was an incredible moment, and I really think uh, as that was as that was playing out. and Yeah, I was on the air, and I was kind of looking over while it was happening. But but while it was happening, I was kind of it, it. just really stood out to me, and it really felt like that was uh, something a, a moment born out of Darvin Ham's approach to coaching this team. He's only a rookie doing this, man. He's doing he's a rookie, and he's coaching against Steve Kerr, who won. I think it was like five titles as a player, maybe more uh, as a player. Yeah, another four titles as a coach. Like this guy is one of the most celebrated NBA presences that the league has ever had. And Darvin Ham has uh, pushed enough buttons and has gotten so much uh, out of his roster that Steve Kerr has now result. You know, has now pushed himself to like whining about. St- Illegal screens after the game. Um, just amazing stuff here from from Darvin Ham. Awesome to watch the the guys respond to him the way that they have. And and like also like let's not just whittle the the black coach down to the being the players' coach. Like I think uh, strategically the Lakers have done a ton. They've really mixed up what they've what they've tried to do on Steph defensively. Yeah, he had the fourteen assists, but he also went three of twelve from three point range. And, and I think a lot of that is like the number of different looks that Darvin is throwing at him. Um, he knew to move off of uh, Jared Vanderbilt early in this one. And and I I felt uncomfortable about it because I, I do still think Vanderbilt has some value. But, you know, I also have confidence because of what we've seen from, from Lonnie Walker here. If the series calls, and it will, right, the next series you're either going to play Michael Porter Jr., or Kevin Durant, you're going to need Rui, you're going to need uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and and they're going to be ready, and they're going to know that they have the full confidence of their of their teammates, and of their coach to step up in that moment, and 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 that all is a credit to uh, Darvin Ham's leadership. And then you know, offensively, the Lakers have so many things that they can beat you with. And that is a credit to the to the system that Ham has put in place. And again, it's so it, it happens so often where like Ty Lue doesn't get enough credit for being the strategic coach that he is. Um, and and you know you see this a lot of times with unfortunately black co- head coaches that it just doesn't get brought up. Um, and they and, and the the cliches go back to like, well we can. Sure relate to his teammates that what ham has done with this team extends really far beyond that and and watching him kind of learn on the fly as the rookie head coach has been again such a such a delight all right, uh all this optimism and and all that aside, I fully expect the Lakers to get waxed <laughs> uh tomorrow in in game five. I just uh the Lakers are coming off of this one. They're going to be exhausted. The Warriors are going to be desperate. And I think the series is really going to come down to game six again, and you're going to be right back in the spot. And and it's really going to, you know, we'll see how the Lakers handle that. I'd love to be surprised. Um, I'd love to to see the Lakers handle this thing and, and close this thing out in five so that this might be a, a five-game series tweet that I sent can look like as stupid as it possibly could. Um, that would be hilarious. I would get a real kick out of that and and it would be a huge advantage for the lakers to get as much rest as they can now that they hold a 3-1 series lead and the team that they're going to be waiting for potentially um both of those teams now sit at, at 2-2 so we'll see how uh tonight's game between those teams plays out but fantastic game you can hear it in my voice and you, <laughs> i'm exhausted I don't know how much longer I can talk, so I'm going to cut it off right here. So until the next time I talk to you, I'm Anthony Irwin, telling y'all, to, telling y'all to have a good one. Good sport Didn't even drink.